hesitation Got me going crazy Keep it moving, I'm tuned in to True North Racing The podcast that you need if you got the need for speed John Morrison interviewing guests in the industry Short track, stock car racing Gotta get it hyped, Saturday night under the lights Hear the engine rooming by Smell the gas and feel the vibe Going into overdrive Drop the flag, then the car zooming by True North Racing, let's go Oh man, what's up everyone and welcome to episode 52 of the True North Racing Podcast brought to you by Jumbo Media and Promotions. Hopefully y'all had a great weekend. Man, I'm so stoked for this interview that we had with Lane Zardo. He was such a nice guy to sit down and talk to and uh, you know, we talked about so much stuff with him and uh, about his 2022 plans, how he got started, you know, growing up in a racing family and you know, just oh, just so much, so many good stories. Um Man, for the past week, guys, uh, I don't even know where to start. Uh, we we had a crazy, crazy week at work. And, uh, you know, we, I don't know where to begin. So we got we got something to announce, first of all. Uh, I'm going to be announcing in just a little bit. I'm not going to announce it just, just yet. But uh, it's it's some big, big news. Uh, tonight, we're also going to talk a little, uh, because I've been messing up, and I feel like I've talked about some other drama media drivers, uh, because I've been getting so many, I'm up to 26 cars that you're going to see Jomo Media stickers on this summer. And, you know, the, an upwards of almost 30 drivers after the, the two and three drivers per car. I'm excited to, I, we only got a few more spots left. Uh, if you guys would like to be a part of the Jomo Media team, please reach out to us. Uh, and we can, we only got a, like four spots left. I'm going to cap it out at 30 for the year, guys. Um, like I said, we're at 26 right now. So we, we got a spots for four more cars for the year so uh please stay you know if you guys want to work on it with us get you know get in with us here, here soon before uh time runs out oh man what else we got going on uh on the canadian vision modified side we didn't have too much going on uh we uh we're just getting ready for the season cars are getting pri- prep primed <laughs> prepped primed and painted uh, you know, we saw Quinn Murdoch already release his. Looks like a, another car is in the shop now. Um, yeah, I know Jay Peppin's going to get his car wrapped here soon. Uh, you know, there's a few guys out there who are getting their cars done. And, you know, we're going to go racing here in just uh, just over a month. You know, just around a month now. We we will be back at Flamborough Speedway pulling our belts and getting ready to take that green flag. Uh, big note, big, uh, big things are going to happen there. We got some I got to talk to a, few, a couple more guys about. Um, once we're ready to announce that, I'm going to announce it. Hopefully we're going to plan something for June. Um, I will let you guys know when I, when we figure this out, uh, do, 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 what else? Ah, that's it. That's all I can really tell you guys. So what do you guys say? We get into some big, big news that, uh, if you guys haven't heard, you guys haven't heard yet. I am taking over as the, I'm not taking over. (laughs) I have been offered the position as the social media guy for Sobble Speedway. I've taken it. It's uh I'm you know, it's an awesome opportunity for me to help grow myself, grow my grow grow my brand, um be involved in racing. Uh, that's that was the one thing I wanted to do. I wanted to keep being involved in racing and and I get to do that. Um so just for any just in case for anyone knows, I will be sticking around with the Canadian Video Modifieds and I will also still be doing my thing with Joe Media. That is not a here or there thing. That is a you know those are things that are, that are my main focus, uh, as well as Sobble Speed, which is going to be added into the mix now. Uh, I'm very excited for this opportunity. I got to thank John Carley for offering me the position. 
and uh, I can't wait to see what uh, what it's like running around Sobble Speedway. Um, I will be up there whenever I can. I'm gonna I'm planning a visit for May, hopefully um, in the two weeks we have off for, with the Canadian Modifieds. I'm planning hopefully to get up there for a week, for a weekend, and uh, or even just for a day, and run around the facility and uh, yeah, just have some just have some fun up at the beach for the day. Um, so yeah, you know, make sure you guys, you guys are going to hear some things. Uh, I'm going to get some things clarified up and see if I can, uh, maybe announce some results here. Maybe we'll have a Sobble Speedway corner on the show as well. And, uh, announce the results from the, from the combined fours and the combined and the United eight series up there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my big announcement guys. I'm excited to announce it. I'm excited to, uh, be a part of Sobble Speedway. I'm a part, I'm proud to be, um, uh, working under John Carley to, uh, bring some amazing content for you guys from the track. Other than that, guys, I got nothing else for you all for right now. So why don't we just dive into our interview here with Lane Zardo. All right, guys, this week on the true North racing podcast, we are sitting down with a 2021 quick wick super stock series champion Lane Zardo lane. How's it going, man? It's going all right, man. Just, um, it's been a little bit of a long day. Uh, first and foremost, I actually want to, if I could dedicate this podcast to my buddy, uh, Robert Richardson, um, he, uh, he ran a legend car a little bit. He helped out Jake Gilbert, helped uh, me out a little bit. My buddy, Chad Corcoran, and unfortunately he passed away, um, when he was working out West, uh, was just at his, uh, uh, his service, uh, earlier today. Saw a lot of friends, had a lot, a lot of laughs. So, um, like I said, just, uh, possible like to dedicate it out to him and, uh, you know, Hopefully his family's doing good. They look like they're in good spirits today. For sure. That's it. And you know, hell yeah, let's dedicate it this episode to him. Um, you know, obviously that that's that's a tough day to deal with. You know, you, you never want to lose a good buddy like that, especially he's, it seemed like he was a young guy to begin with. So yeah, he was he was a young guy. Uh, I don't, I was only really I wasn't like super close with him, but we became pretty good friends last year. And uh like he, he was wild, man. Like uh He's definitely going to be giving heaven some hell. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it doesn't get kicked out before the rest of us. Get <laughs> hopefully not. Uh, well, other than that, we were also at the uh, Flambeau rules meeting today. So it, it was a pretty good day. Pretty productive day. So how was that a uh, rules meeting, by the way? I haven't heard a whole lot come out of there. It, it was pretty cool. Like they, they made some funny. Oh man. I don't know <laughs> if I'm allowed to talk about it because Gary calling has this cool idea for, uh, for fighting fighting in the pits so oh, uh no. we're, we're gonna have to uh we're gonna have to talk with him about that afterwards and uh maybe give you the opening to uh, kind of announce it but it's a really cool idea that uh, he's got um they got a few new uh faces that are going to be coming behind the scenes um uh they're uh, they got a new race director and uh new tech guy and whatnot new announcer so it, it should be a pretty fun season um we just went out there to kind of check it out uh we we're debating between there and sunset speedway uh, to run with the, um, uh, the quick wire, well, our super stock that I own, Kenny Grubb and, uh, for best force products. So we, uh, just went there to check it out and, uh, you know, kind of, yeah, it, it looked like it all planned out. Uh, their, their nights are a little bit, uh, shorter, um, like they start later, which is nice when you work on Saturdays and whatnot. And, uh, absolutely. Yeah. It gives you time to do whatever it's, it's a little bit closer, uh, but we will be going to sunset a few times. Um, Sunset has a Sunset has a really big race for Super Stocks, actually. Um, I believe it's the 14th of May. The Pinty Series is going to be there. 
Yep. And uh, they announced that it's like three grand to win. Cool. So we'll be uh, we'll be showing up there to hopefully take home a little bit of money and uh, have a good time at Sunset Speedway. Support that Speedway. And uh, yeah, other than that, we'll be well. We're gonna probably be running Flamborough pretty much every night. Uh, it's gonna be about eleven races for the home track series. Uh, gonna be bringing a few extra cars with us as well. Hopefully, with the uh, Bester Forest Products Racing Team. And um, yeah, try to get her done. Try to have fun. Well, Jesus Christ, you took away almost half our uh, <laughs> half our episode here, right? That Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so obviously, you know. Okay, so it sounds like you're gonna run Flambro full time. You're gonna uh, are you gonna go return and do battle for your uh, and uh, run for a back to back championship in the Quick Quick Super Sox series or no? Yeah, so you have to run a home track. I, I really like how Quick Quick. Uh, the APC quick, quick series does it because uh, they make it so you can't even qualify for points without showing up to at least, I think it's like 70% of home track races. You have to have yeah. a home track and you have to support, say they have 10 races. You have to show up to like seven of them. So I like that because sometimes you get these uh, touring races and it takes away from your, you know, your local home tracks and it really sucks to see car counts drop like that. So they're making sure that you got to stay nice and true. And then the quick, quick series is only five races, which is, you know, really nice. You get five really big events where sometimes there was, I think there was two races where over 40 cars showed up, yep. um, four races where over 30 cars showed up. So, you know, you get that really good atmosphere. So we're going to be doing that. Um, and we were, they changed it a little bit. So how the rules used to work out was you would get two points for, uh, they would take your best five nights from your home track races and include that into your quick, quick series points. Okay. So, uh, try to follow along. It is a little bit, uh, uh, complicated, but you would get two points for last place okay. and a, another point, every position up. So if you raced against 10 cars and you won, you'd get 11 points. Problem is if you raced against 25 cars and you got 10th, you'd be making more points than the guy that just won, which okay. is understandable to a certain point. You know, it's harder to win against that many cars, but it also put a lot of people at a disadvantage. So we were actually thinking about going to Delaware we know they got the big car count, uh, but running Fridays and, you know, living around Toronto, it's like two and a half, three hours with traffic to get to Delaware, mm -hmm. but it's a beautiful facility. They got, uh, Luke Ramsey just, uh, purchased the speedway and they got, uh, they got a whole lot of stuff going on there. So, uh, we we're going to do that, but they changed the rules to, if you get perfect attendance at your home track, you get an extra 10 points, which is just enough to make you want to do it yeah. and not enough to really uh take you out if you can't commit so so cheers to uh quick quick and apc series for uh doing that the united late model series or i guess united racing series now we can call it but yeah uh, yep yeah so that so we do have to choose a home track and, and flambo will be our home track nice well definitely you know obviously that's you know that and that's where you pretty much got your start isn't it down at yeah, uh, yeah okay so actually i got my start uh, in a go-kart uh, okay. uh, series called WRKC, Waterloo Regional Kart Club, who after moving around a few times is actually, I never raced a go-kart track at Flamborough, but that's where they are located now. Yep. Um, and when I moved out of go-karts, I started racing mini stocks at Flamborough. I ran half the season of uh, Thunder Cards or Super Stocks at Flamborough, and then I, I made my way to Sunset in 2010. And Sunset's been my home for the last uh, 10 years. And, uh, you know, lots of good memories and, and uh, like, so many good memories, so many good friends and uh, got nothing bad to say about Sunset. It's just uh, the last 10 years, it's kind of been the same thing. So I'm looking forward to something a little bit different, but I am looking forward to going back to Sunset and, uh, and having some fun there. 
obviously anyway, that, that's a good thing too um which is kind of funny because uh i remember when you started mini stocks because someone you you and i both know how's how's your mini stock at their trailer kenny askin yes yeah yeah kenny big kenny <laughs> oh yeah ed's actually my stepdad really yes he is <laughs> i was actually just watching before you uh, or before we started this call there's a um there's a race at Scotia Speed World in 1990. My grandfather, my uh, my dad, have a good interview. My dad had a mullet, and uh, no, probably just probably just a woman getter. He he was a good looking guy back then, <laughs> but uh, good series to watch. And I saw Kenny in the background uh, unloading one of the cars. Is that so? Is that race on like YouTube or some or? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link after. This. Yeah, awesome. That'd, that'd be great. I love to watch it's something cool like that. Watching those old school ACT races. Oh man, I I, I got hooked on. Uh... I think it was the ACT class or ASA down at uh, Cayuga a few times. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've yeah. sat down and watched that one a couple of times now. And I'm just like, man, where, you know, where, I would love to see a grandstand like that filled nowadays. I actually just watched a race. I just had an interview with Alex Nagy and I realized after the interview, which I'm kind of pissed off about because I would have liked to call him out on it. <laughs> they used to run big rigs, like, like big rigs. Yes. Diesel big rigs. So I watched a video and Alex Nagy actually won at Cayuga racing for um uh randy slack but uh, it's like when they take off there's so much diesel and and like like there's just so much black smoke in the air if you start like behind the third row it'd be hard to see but oh, yeah no, sure. cool, oh, those old school racing videos are pretty cool you know you, you see all the old school schemes and the old school look like you can you can definitely tell they were they were hard partiers back in the 80s and 90s oh. so, man. man so you know the stories that obviously guys can't tell those are obviously well out there that, you know, there's a lot of guys who, you know, I've had John Carly in here before and he's like, man, I can't say half the stuff I want to say about our trips to Michigan and stuff. And like, yeah. yeah, you know what? That, that's exactly what the culture was back then. Yeah. Not Nashville. I hear a lot of stories from Nashville, which I'm actually going to Nashville in about two weeks. Uh, uh, one of my buddies, Nick Ledson, he races legend cars. He got the opportunity to uh, run a car down there. So uh, me and my best friend, Chad Corcoran, Colton Everingham, who also was a local, good short track race around Ontario. We're all going to go and uh, uh, see if we can uh, see if we can stand up uh, for half a week in uh, Nashville. I'm, sh- I'm sure it'd be pretty hard after the first night, but Oh, I'm sure you luckily, guys are not going to be walking anywhere after a couple well, nights there. Colin's a big guy. So we got some, uh, we got some body carry, which is good. Yeah. Because, uh, Chad can get a little bit lippy sometimes in a funny way. Oh boy. All right. So if we know if we hear anything bad about coming from Nashville, it's probably has to do with the three of y'all. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, so we we we, go, we want to jump back here a little bit because, you know, obviously you you come from a racing family. You know, if you're if you're involved in racing in Ontario, you know the Zardo family. It, it's you know it's your you got your grandpa, your dad, your brother, it, all you guys have been racing for a long time. So what is it like being in the footsteps of such uh, great drivers in your family? Opened up a lot of opportunities, um, and I've and I've said it before. You know, I credit a lot of my success to the fact that uh, uh, racing has a lot to do with knowledge. Um, yeah, you do. Uh, the more addicted and the more the more you do it, the better you get, obviously. But the more knowledge you have going into it, especially behind the scenes working on race cars and whatnot, um, that knowledge uh, goes a very long way. So when you got a lot of the times, you have to prove yourself to talk to people to get that knowledge. 
with my last name, I never had to prove myself. So I was able to get introduced to Junior Hanley and have conversations with him when I was 12, 13, 14, before I even really worked on a race car. Um, and I only did like body work or rivets or whatever. You know, uh, uh, I have a good relationship with uh, Brian McDonald. Um, I was just at Whitey's um, uh, the other day uh, and had a conversation with him. Mike McCall, uh, I can give him a call anytime. And Paul Genioli, who, uh, who works with Mike McCall, you know, um, I drive one of their, uh, a prolate model from their shop. So, uh, they're, they're always giving me good feedback and, and a lot of it now might have to do with the name I've made for myself, but the name I've made for myself came from the, the knowledge I was able to get because of my grandfather's last name. So like th there's zero pressure from it. And if there is any pressure, it only makes me that little bit better. I like, I find I perform a little bit better under pressure, but, uh, being around that last name, you know, I'm able to talk to a lot of people. I was at a party at um, uh, my uncle Pete Shepherd and uh, my aunt Sharon, who's my my dad's sister, and uh, Nagy was there. Uh, Brian Toddish was there. Uh, Luke Ramsey was there. Like like a lot of people from around the racetrack. Wayne Baker, Tim Watson, and they're all just telling about all these you know these old school stories and you know these different ways around the sport. And uh, although I was one of the younger people there, it's just it, it's so cool to be involved in that racing community and and being kind of a hierarchy like that obviously in a party like that just being around so many great people as you were the stories they were telling you it and the history and and everything they have involved in in the sport would just be some just to sit there and soak in because they they've been around the sport longer than probably both of us have been combined or both both of us have been alive combined so it's one of those things it's it brings a lot to the it, it takes a, it, it's awesome to hear that and take everything in. Yeah. And it's, it, and it's just because racing is such a big community too. I mean, I believe Alex Nagy and my uncle Pete, like they, they really didn't like each other when they were racing against each other. They were always running for the same two positions pretty much. Yeah. So they, they had a really bad rivalry, but now to see them being, you know, really good friends and joking about it, like they're right now, you can almost call them best friends. And it's cool to see how everything comes full circle like that. Uh, I've had a few rivalries where, um, you know, uh, I, I might've said some things I shouldn't have, or, or somebody did me wrong or whatever. And, you know, you kind of being around the same people every single week, you, you tend to be able to get over those rivalries in a good way. So, so for nice sure. What's been, uh, what's been one of your biggest rivalries that you've had? My biggest rivalries. Me and Garrett Turisma had a pretty good rivalry this year, but, uh, uh, for the first half of the year, but, um, you know, after, uh, me and him, raced really hard for the first half of the year and it was it was all fun and games and you know uh a lot of respect for each other but then it kind of got bad and there, there's a little bit of a boiling point there and it got a little bit awkward and you know we had a good clean race at flambro and after flambro i, I kind of pulled him aside and had to talk with him and you know said what i had to say and I believe i let him say what he had to say so kind of squashed that um that that was a little bit more of an aggressive rivalry but like i said me and him are pretty good now um, uh, on a fun side rivalry, uh, Matt Bentley and I had a good rivalry. Me and Caden Lasovich had a lot of good races. Um, Randy Rusnell, when I ran my own super stock, I lost, I came second to that guy way too many times. That just, <laughs> that burned me, but me and him had some really good, uh, bump and runs to this day. I, I think he was one of the greater super stock drivers or Thunder Car racers that I had the privilege to race against. Um, but other than that, like, it's all just, you know. You have a little bit of rivalries throughout a race, but you, I, I don't like to really carry them because, uh, 
I don't know. Uh, a lot can be answered with a simple conversation away from the pit crew. If you can take a driver away from the pit crew and, you know, after either a week after something bad happens or, you know, at least after like, you know, an hour after the race, you can't go right over. But uh, a good conversation can kind of save you a lot of money in the, in the near future on a race car. You can't uh, you can't let your emotions kind of over overboil there. Absolutely. You're correct on that point. And I think that's the issue with a lot of people. You know, I've, I've been, I've, I've been in the middle of some of those squashes sometimes. And, you know, it's, it's as simple as if, uh, like you said, pull, pull, pull the driver away, go talk to them because nine times out of 10, it's usually the crew that's ready to go fight, not necessarily the drivers. It's all about emotional control. The, the best thing I've ever learned from a race car driver was I saw, uh, my cousin, Petey Shepard, who, who, uh, like, like I, I always idolized him, you know, he was always, he was always the top shit for me and, and so professional and, you know, I'm not near as professional, but, uh, but one thing I was able to grab from him, not just from racing was, uh, he was running the super late model up plan, bro. And, uh, about 20 laps to go, he was in second and he had a chance to win. Uh, he was catching the leader, I'm not saying he would have won, but, uh, he had a chance to be on his bumper with five laps to go and make a good move. But with about 20 laps to go, a lapped car, um, I don't know if something mechanically happened, but uh, uh, my cousin was uh, lapping the guy and he kind of slid up and put my cousin into the wall. And when my cousin came off the racetrack, like he couldn't finish the race. So my cousin came off the racetrack. I was pit crewing for him and, you know, I saw him um, kind of threw his gloves a little bit, uh, said, said anything under the sun that just wasn't good for about a solid 30 seconds. Uh, went to his trailer, put a cold rag on his face, grabbed a bottle of water. And then by the time he walked out, he had his fire suit off and the race was over and everybody was coming over and talking to him. And he's like, yeah, you know, maybe I was here and, and, and this might've happened and I'm not sure. I don't know. I haven't really talked with the guy, but you know, just that, that emotional control uh, is something I always idolized him for. So um, that's, that's what I thought was the biggest thing of racing is just, you know, kind of sit your ass in the seat, stay calm and do what you got to do. Don't, don't be an idiot out there. Cause uh you can, uh, if you react on emotions, you're going to make some mistakes and it's going to cost some people some money. For sure. And especially with a, such a grassroots sport that we're in, you know, none of us are out here making thousand, hundred thousand dollars a week. We're all out here just having fun because this is a hobby for us. We get to do it six months a year and that's, uh, and, and that's, and that's it. We, we don't want to, a, a lot of guys don't want to go out there and tear stuff off. You, you want to come home and all in one piece, right? It's yes, just all about, sure. uh, like you said, emotional control, keeping your cool. I, you, you see guys lose their cool all the time, but hopefully going forward, someone's listening to this and they're like, you know what? He, he's damn right. We, we Emotional control is something that we need to work on. Yeah. Hey, is this going to be just audio or video? Uh, there might be a chance for video. I'm still trying to think about that. If not, it's uh, just strictly audio right now. All right, because I was trying to hide my Caesar. I just learned how to make Caesars. So like... I'm uh <laughs> If you're having a, if you're having a shit, man, go ahead, man. I don't care. Cheers. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about getting. You know, obviously, you raced mini stocks for for a few years, and then you jumped into super stocks or thunder stocks at the time, or thunder car down at Flamborough. What was that transition like going from a four cylinder Mustang to a, a eight cylinder uh, rear wheel drive uh, Camaro? Well, or were you like, driving the Monte Carlo? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I drove a, I drove a Mustang. Uh, yep. um which if i ever found a mustang like a fox body mustang for the street like oh my god i would just i would drop whatever money i could those things are so sick um but yeah so that. i was in, 
I was in a Mustang, which we bought from Brandon Watson, actually. So okay. it was a car. And then I hopped in the Monte Carlo, which is funny because even though like there one's a Ford, one's a Chevy, they look the exact same. It just looks like somebody put a rope on both ends and stretched it out a little bit and uh, a little bit more room for a net, uh, bigger engine. But um, it wasn't really like that challenging. Uh, my grandfather, I was lucky to get in a very competitive car at the time. Uh, we bought it from uh, Donaldson. Uh, they built the car and uh, the car, the car had a lot of wins the year before. So it wasn't too challenging. The most challenging thing was um, the aggression of the racing, uh, especially being at Flamborough. But uh, I think it was my second race uh, of the year. Uh, me and my brother found ourselves battling for the lead and I actually had to bump him out of the way for the win. So it wasn't really like too much of an adjustment. It just kind of, I don't want to talk myself up, but like it kind of came naturally. Um, obviously I had like my uncle Pete in my ear, my grandfather, my brother, I had a, I had a lot of, uh, uh, molding into that. So it wasn't too bad. It was more of an adjustment kind of going into a late model than it was for anything, to be honest. When did you jump into the late model? I ran for John Mombertet a few times doing double duty through my first part of my super stock career when I was okay. like 16 or 17. And, uh, no, that had more horsepower than anything. Uh, but um, I didn't know how to tell John how to set up a race car. So, so we struggled with that, but like the, the amount of power it had, it was, it was just wild. Um, and then I hopped into my brother's, we bought a new late model at the end of 2015. And my brother got into that. And my first race was Velocity of 2015. He ended up blowing up when he was uh, in second, uh, passing for first. And I was in fifth on the outside and I saw a smoke and I'm like, Holy shit. And then I hit his smoke, which was oil and I plowed into the wall. So, Ouch. so, uh, that was, that, that was my first run in a late model, but it was a week after that. I ran Peter and We won both of our heats and finished second in the autumn colors. And I actually won the young guns race, Kenny Grubbs super stock. So, so that was actually one of the better weekends of my life, but the adjustment for that was just, you never have a good handling super stock. They're, they're a heavy car with not a lot of tires and, you know, not good brakes or whatever. You're always on the edge of, you know, spinning out or being tight. Like you're, you're sliding all over the track with a late model. It was very hard to adjust because when you got new tires on your late model, you're Superman for about 10, 15 laps. And if you don't take care of them, you're, you're, you're all over the place. It's just, it's almost hell to drive. if You don't take care of your tires. So that was a big adjustment for me was uh, learning how to control that. For sure. And how, and so you ran, you 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 just ran uh, late models up until about what 2019 there ish, and then you jump back into super stock or I ran on and off with Kenny a few times. Okay, first time I ran for him, his brother asked me to drive his old car at Sobel in 2015 when I still had my own super stock, and um, we drove it at Sobel for a Wednesday night dash for cash. His uh, his car owner, Best Forest Products, actually sponsored the night. It was uh, a memorial night for their father, uh, Lauren Vester. Um, and I actually ended up winning in the backup car and Kenny finished second. And then we, when we went to Peterborough with the late model for the first time, like the story I was just saying, I was having a conversation and uh, one of my buddies, Spencer Lewis came by and just kind of, as we were kind of shooting the shit with Kenny, he made a comment saying about how I should go in the young guns race. So I went the young guns race, won that. Then the next year, uh, raced the car again for the young guns race, won it again. So the first three times I was in his car, I ended up winning. Um, 
which, you know, like a little bit of it was luck for, for sure, but it kind of was also pretty cool. So I raced it probably once a year for a little bit. Um, then when Jacasa kind of came around, uh, Kenny asked me to drive the car at Jacasa uh, for just because it was a little bit of a bigger track, I guess. And, uh, you know, had some good success at Jacasa and he went through surgery last year, which is why I ended up driving the car full time. Okay. So that's kind of how the whole situation played out. It just, it's, it, it's all fluke, man. It's like, it's like, it's like trying to make it as a band. You just gotta be in the right place at the right time and talk to the right people and say the right things. And it's just, it, it's all a fluke. A little yeah. bit of luck for working hard, but it's all a fluke. So that kind of brings me back here. Cause obviously I didn't realize the, the partnership between you and Grub went back to 2015. How did you guys meet and how did that deal come about to actually really start the, to, to really drive that extra car? Or did how do we sub meet? in for him? Well, um, we ran at Flambra once and I've never hit somebody so hard to try to move him out of the way. He had an old school <laughs> body on the car and I just slammed him. Uh, I think it was for like second place. It wasn't even for the win. And his car kind of went like, er, er, and chirped up the track like a quarter lane. He just hit the loud pedal and screwed right off on me. So then we, then we were joking about it in tech. I, I went over, shook his hand. I'm like, Hey man, like, sorry. Like if I gave you like neck problems for that, but uh, you know, good job hanging on to it. And, uh, you know, me and him have always, we've raced against each other a lot in super stocks back in the day. And we were always racing for the same position. We like, if I had a fifth place car, he had a fourth place car or, or vice versa. If I had a first place car, he had a second place car or, or vice versa. We were always running for the same position. Um, but we always ran each other pretty respectfully. You know, the odd, the odd bump and run or door slam or whatever, but nothing, nothing dirty, nothing intentional. Um, and like I said, it was his brother. who just kind of messaged me out of the blue to uh, run it. And I'm like, sure why not and uh after that i kind of started talking to kenny a little bit more and just started joking with him and you know he he asked me a few times if i want to hop in the car and i i, I would never say no to hopping in anybody's race car ever so he just kind of went into that and you know we, we had some pretty good success nice and that's what and that's always what you want too is you just want the success out of it as well um so obviously you know you ran the, you ran the big the bigger tracks um in, in our uh, shortened season 2020 there and then uh went full-time with them obviously because of his surgeries and stuff throughout that season what was it like running uh each each week like, like you were once obviously uh we were allowed fans back because before that we were we were unsure of what we were running okay so wait what was the question sorry sorry <laughs> I, I kind of like double back my own question there <laughs> what was it like taking over for kenny because he wasn't able to run last year okay uh well first and foremost um Back on the original thing, when I ran the car the first time, I forgot to mention that Andy Schmidt, who ran for Best of Forest Products way back in the day in a late model, he was a big reason why I won the first race. And uh, he'd kick my arse if I, if, I didn't, uh, if I didn't mention that because he was a big deal about why I won that race. He, he threw a quick little setup in it when I was struggling. But uh, to be running for Kenny, I, like you kind of feel – at the end of the year, I felt like Kenny could have ran the car and like, you almost, I almost felt, uh, like I was, uh, like moving him out of the way. And I, I didn't, I, it was kind of a bad feeling for a little bit, but like, he assured me like, no, like I, like Kenny loves working on the car, you know, and, I, and I'm sure he loves driving on the car or driving the car, but he was walking with crutches and uh, we had to make a brake change. Like, 10 minutes before the race, we had to do a uh, caliber change and I'm trying to move him out of the way because, you know, he's on crutches and he's pretty much telling me to F off. And 
like he, he he's just giving her so like he, he's in full support but it, it did take me a little bit to realize like you know that's what he wanted and uh you know the the team's fully behind it so uh it's also like it, it's one of the faster cars in the series so you know it, it, it's a good feeling um I don't work on it near as much as most drivers work on their car like with my prolate model I I do a lot of the setup and a lot of the wrenching especially at the racetrack but this super stock I'm like uh, like I'm like a suitcase driver so that's a little bit of a weird feeling but you know maybe it's better like that yeah I don't know uh, you know then hey whatever works for you guys right it, clearly it worked well you guys won a championship last year yeah 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 no yeah apparently but uh, and that's from the hard work from Kenny Grubb and, and uh uh Kenny Grubb Chuck Dore uh he does a lot of the work at the racetrack like I said Andy Schmidt has a lot of support on that racing program Bester Forest Products owns the race car. Um, we had we picked up a few really good sponsors like Can Do Homes and uh, Shelby Roofing. Uh, Leslie Ford's on the hood, and uh, Brad Widow's the crew chief and and his detail with our stagger and whatnot. Uh, our engine guy uh, uh, Saunders, you know, put some pretty good ponies in that car. And uh, our original setup came from Brian McDonald, and I think we made uh, we put two turns into the left rear at the start of the year. And at the end of the year, we took two turns at a left turn. That's the only chassis adjustment we made other than tires. So Jeez. it was a pretty spot on program. I can't take too much of the credit for it because, you know, it's just, it, it's a whole circle, man. Uh, Dylan Murray uh, was another guy that did a lot of the working on the car. So he did a lot more partying than working, but he did do a little bit of work. So it, it, was, it was a very good time running for those guys. And, and I'm very happy they asked me to come back because uh, it was fun. Sounds good, man. So going forward, what is your plans for 2022? Obviously, we just we talked briefly about it. But what's your full plans for 2022? Um, yeah, so we're going to be doing the Flamborough Speedway schedule uh, and then quick, quick series with Kenny Grubb. I would like to have my Pro Late model at Flamborough a few times, you know, maybe tackle like the three guys, no triple crown. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, and then uh, my brother's going to be running a few times, so I'll be crew chiefing with him. But my grandfather is actually running on Oscar Hot Rod this year. Oh um, yeah. Brian Cathcart was gracious enough to, um, to get him into a car. So that's going to be pretty badass. And, and I'm going to be spending whenever I'm not at a racetrack for myself, I'm probably going to be at a racetrack with him. Um, he used to spot for me and, uh, he never says very nice things to me. Me and him have a funny relationship where we just, yeah, we're, we're very aggressive to each other. So I, I owe him a little bit of payback on, on the spotter radio, but, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it, man. My, my 2022 feature or future is going to be uh, working with uh, my new career in the movie industry and, uh, you know, sending it as hard as I can at the racetrack, pretty much like I always do. You know what? I think I'm going to have to try and hopefully be at an event that the Oscar Hot Rods are at just so I can watch that. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's, it's going to be cool. Make sure it's at one of the first events just in case he knocks out the rat. <laughs> Well, I mean, the first the first race what for Oscar is at Velocity, correct? I believe so. Yeah, and my brother, my we might be there with the Superstock, um, but my brother will be there with his limited late model as well. So it'll be a busy weekend because I do gotta. I'll be doing a lot of stuff with my grandfather. Uh, he'll have a little bit of uh, support from other people like my uncle Pete Shepherd and and uh, my father Bill Zardo Jr. Um, then I'll be doing a bunch of crew chiefing on my brother's car, and we might even be racing the Superstock. So. I'll, I'll have a busy weekend, um, but, you know, probably going to have a few. Going to still have a little bit of time for a little bit of juice after the race or, you know, a little, a few little wobbly pops. Why not? <laughs> you know, and that and there ain't, nothing wrong, ain't nothing wrong with that. That's for sure. 
Um, you know, uh, so uh, wow, <laughs> lost my train of thought there for a hot second. Usually happens about well. the pops, are you? Uh, no, no, surprisingly not. My brain is just in three different directions right now. Uh, <laughs> I, I always feel that. Um, so yeah, honestly, I'm I'm gonna make sure I step up and uh, because you know that that that's a that's a racing legend right there. And to see him back behind the wheel is going to be awesome. And of course, seeing you know, having seeing all three of you guys race, run in one weekend would even be a a feat in itself. So hopefully, uh, you know, I, I may I may try to have to swing up to Sunset Speedway for that to catch it. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be cool. And yeah. Uh, another thing I'm kind of excited for we got a uh, I got to get a free fire seat from Epic Race where they uh, they were a little bit of a sponsorship for the Quick Quick Series. Yep. Uh, so shout out to Epic Racewear because winning the championship got me to get a free fire suit, which is badass on their part because it costs like costs like fifteen hundred dollars for a really good fire suit. But they do do a really good job. Uh, they did my last fire suit, and uh, like I said, I don't know if it's a video, so I don't know if a lot of people will see this. I got a quick little design here. I don't know. What do you What do you think? A little bit of hey, hey, that looks pretty badass in my opinion. Thank you. I am not. I'm not an artist whatsoever, but. Uh, well, we'll try to do what we can do. Absolutely. You know, those guys over at Epic Raceway, they will, they're going to hook you up with the one really good-looking fire suit. That's for damn sure. Yeah, they're good guys, too, Bob and Dan Bailey. They're actually a part of WRKC for a bit, too, and uh, they're, they're they're very good for the community of stock car racing. And Absolutely. We have we have our own merch through through uh, through Epic Raceway, so, you know, it's, they're, they're great guys to work with. I got I got to get – actually, I got to reach out to them and order more stickers because I got to send out stickers now. Yeah, um, so shout out to Epic Raceway. Uh, I think uh, I think uh, uh, John Morrison here needs a sponsorship for the next episode. And we got a <laughs> lot of publicity here, so watch out, guys. All right, so I think it's going to be time. We're going to jump into our into our uh, fan question period. Whereas you saw earlier today, we reached out and asked people to send in their questions for you to answer. Are you ready to answer them? All right, I got my notes with me. Let's go. <laughs> All right, the first one's going to be coming to us from the Quickwick Firestarter Group. With two laps to go leading, what three drivers would you least like to have on your rear bumper? Uh, okay, first and foremost, uh, Matt Bentley. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually going to say four. I'm going to cheat. Uh, so Matt Bentley, uh, because that guy is a live by the sword, die by the sword kind of racer. And I've oh, said yeah. it a thousand times. He will rough you up for a win. He will put the dirtiest, and dirtiest as in like, like, like sexy, like he will put on the sexiest crossover and bump and run on you. Like to the point where he's done it to me and I'm like in the car, like, damn, I just got second. That was sick. And if he has a chance to get the better of you, he will saying that he's pretty good with, if you get the better of him, he's he'll, he'll take it like a man. He's, he, he won't complain about it. So I've always enjoyed racing against Matt Bentley for that reason. Uh, second would be Brandon McFerrin uh, because that kid uh, destroyed me when we were racing bikes at the age of like seven. And I feel like if he had the chance to, to just root me out of the way, he would, uh, he, he'd take me for a tour. Caden uh, Lapsovich, you know, he's, he, he was such an experienced driver at a young age when me and him did have our little, like I said, it wasn't really a rivalry, but me and him were racing for position a lot. So, you know, if I saw Caden Lapsovich, you know, closing in on me, I'd probably tuck her up my butthole a little bit and make me step on the loud pedal a little bit harder. And um, uh, third or lastly, I guess like, Dan Archibald, uh, I would hate to have that guy behind me any point of the feature, to be honest with you. All right. Our next question coming to us from Corey Strawn. Being one of the top drivers in Ontario over the years, what gives you your motivation and commitment to keep at it each year? 
Um, well, first of all, thank you for saying that. That gives me a, gives me a little bit of a confidence booster. Um, but uh, I guess we, I guess what it is is just all my support. Like, you know, my my mom put a lot of hours into raising me as a as a kid. My grandfather put a lot of time and effort and money into raising me as a race car driver. So did my dad. My brother put a lot of effort into making sure I'm not like a piece of shit. So between them, my family, my aunt Sharon, all, every all the support I get from Best Forest Products and Kenny Grubb, all the people that have let me drive their race cars, like how could I, how could I not, uh, how could I not have motivation when I have that much support? You know, everybody has days where they wake up and they kind of they don't feel the greatest, they don't have the motivation to keep on going, but. When you got people that stand behind you that much, it kind of gives you that extra little bit of a push to, to just, you know, put on some big boy pants and, and do what you got to do to get to the racetrack. You know, there's a lot of late nights in the shop, but hopefully it's worth it in the end. And it's been worth it so far. So, you know, just keep on going and, and hopefully people keep on supporting me so I can keep on going. For sure. Our next one comes to us from Mr. Wally Wilson. What's it like having the legend himself, Billy Zardo, as a brother? I don't know. He's kind of a dick. No, <laughs> no. I'm actually with uh, uh, my one friend that's here with me right now. He's uh, he was my brother's best friend growing up and me and him uh, turned into pretty good best friends. Me and my brother have always had a very good relationship. So um, he's always been able to teach me as much as he could. And he's always uh, been able to kind of step out of certain situations so I can have better situations. And, and he, he's always been one of my biggest supporters. And, you know, I feel like I've been one of his biggest supporters. I do a lot of wrenching on his car and whatnot, but uh, he's never afraid to get dirty for me. And he's never afraid to, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, man. I actually can't say enough about my brother. I think my brother's one of the greatest people in the world. So I'm a little bit biased there. Uh, he can be a little bit of a dickhead sometimes, but uh, all in all, he's a pretty good guy. Our next question comes to us from Graydon Bunn. With some serious competition in the series, who are some drivers you have to be on the watch for or digging for wins in 2022? Ooh, uh, Sean Chenoweth, if he has his car finished. I don't know if he'll have his car finished or not, but uh, he had his car finished late last year, which I think he already sold, and that car was a bullet. And every time Sean Chenoweth builds a super stock, that car is always a bullet. So what I would watch for him. Uh, Trevor Colliver, he'll be fast at uh, you know his giving tracks like Delaware and Flambro. Um Brandon Verhoeven, oh, I think that's his last name, Ver, Verhoeven. Verhoeven. Verhoeven, yes. Sorry, I, I apologies, Brandon. But, uh, but um, yeah, I remember when I, when I was doing really good in Superstock back in the day, he never traveled too much, but that kid was, like, unreal in Superstock for, uh, for at Delaware. He lit the world on fire. So he'll be one to keep an eye on. If Ethan Constable gets his ass back in a race car this year, he'll be, he'll be really good. He came on very strong. Uh, Streamline Race Products has produced a few – very fast race cars with Brandon McFerrin and uh, Miles Tyson's building a new race car this year. So you know, there's a lot, there's going to be a lot of good competition this year. And uh, I'm very excited to see how it all plays out. Absolutely. There's, there's no, there's no short of uh, competition in, in the super stock division. No. Our next question, <coughs> Damon, uh, our next question comes to, comes to us from Billy Zardo. How many swirlies did you get growing up? Chairs taped to, or any good brotherly moments? Yeah, one time. Oh, actually, with the friend I'm with right now. So Keith, by the way, you're you're an asshole for this. <laughs> they, uh, I got taped. I was in my underwear. They taped me up and they threw me outside to a chair. Like they they taped my fingers together. And I'm like, oh, this is all fun and games. But then they taped my like hands behind my back. Then they taped my chest and my back to a chair. Then they taped my mouth shut and like wrapped the tape around like the back of my hair, so it hurt when I came off. 
they put me outside and it was like negative 10 out. Like, oh, like I don't know why they would do that, but they, they did that. And I did get the odd squarely, but like I was a little bit of a, I was a little bit of a little shit growing up. So maybe I deserved like half of it, but I, I got a lot. I got a lot. I, I got, I got, I got abused by my brother and his older friends, but my brother and my, my brother and my brother's friends were always my best friends growing up too. So they kind of, kind of helped make me into the, uh, the little bit of a tougher man I am today, I guess. Next to next question to us. Wow. Next question to, comes to us from Jeff LaFlem. And this one was a little bit of a, a longer one. Oh, uh, no, if, I wrote, I wrote down my answers already for this one. So yeah. All right. If you could drive anyone's car in each division, who would you choose? Okay, so he said bone stock, mini stock, super stock, lit, or late model, which I'm, I'm guessing he means limited late model, yeah. uh, super late, and pro late. So bone stock, I believe Colton Everingham has bone stock. I let him drive ours, so you owe me. Um, <laughs> you owe me. Mini stock, Chad Corcoran has this Nissan 240. Chad Corcoran is my best friend. I got to drive his Nissan 240 a few times. Got to drive it on dirt. Got to drive it at Flambro. Unreal. The, like they're – those mini stocks are almost harder to drive than a late model or a super stock. Cause once they get sideways, they don't have enough power to slide through, but that car was so bad fast. And it was just sick, man. And Chad, Chad got it fast all by himself. And he was like 15. And I always had respect for that. Kid for doing that. Uh, super stock Kenny Grubbs, obviously, because that car is just fast as hell. Uh, if it wasn't for Kenny Grubbs, super stock, um, Chris and Joe Lawrence once had this 28 super stock. It was a black, I believe it had a Mustang body on it. Um, they put kind of a weird nose on it for the last year that it ran. But uh, when they brought it out a few times, I believe in like 2017 or 18, uh, that car was so fast and, and it looked so nice. And, you know, Chris Lawrence is, has always been a wild man himself. And Joe Lawrence is so smart when it comes to race cars. So that'd be a pretty cool car. Limited late model, Kendra Adams. Uh, I believe that car, uh, or at least when I uh, was kind of hanging around with them, she had a wicked engine in that car, and I would love to drive that. Either that or Ricky Waltz in the late model because that car looks like it just handles like a dream. Super late model, anything built by McCall, like a rental program, uh, because that would be sick. And a pro late model, I drove Trayton Lapsovich's pro late model, uh, built by Whitey, and that car had such good brakes in it. Um, and like, it's almost like no wonder he can cut through traffic the way he does. Like, yeah, he's an unreal driver. You know, not taking anything away from that, but like the the good brakes. I never realized that brakes were important until I drove trade hops with your car. So, so long question, but there you go. That's that's all I got. <laughs> and then the second part of that is if you had the opportunity, which NASCAR team would you choose to drive for? Ooh, um, god damn it. Uh like I feel like if I said Hendrick, it's just because I'm jumping on like the fastest team. <laughs> I can't pick Gibbs because uh my grandfather's still upset about Pearl Harbor. Uh, so he doesn't like Toyota and uh, probably, probably Stuart Haas because like Tony Stewart's just cool, man. Like Tony Stewart is a badass for all the motorsports. So Stuart Haas. All right. All right. Cold Neverham, a super stock second place that still stings. Okay. So he's, he's, a, he, this has been a thing because uh, I told him about how heavy my car was and like, you'd never be able to move it and, and all this and, no, I was kind of drunk the night before and I was up talking to myself. I probably shouldn't have been. And he's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, he sent her in pretty hard and he, he chirped me up the track. So so I got a second place. Well, no, actually, he moved me up the track and then I, I think I had to pull off because my toe got knocked out from previous events before that. But, uh, you know, what? yeah, you got the better of me, Colin. There you go. 
I'll announce it publicly. Colton Everingham, you got the better of me. You gave me a bump and run and sent me up the track. I really hope I can get this last name correct here. Justin Knapp. Oh, kidnap. Kidnap. Yeah, Knapp. Kidnap. What's it like? What's it like knowing kidnap? Oh, kidnap. Yeah. Uh, kidnap. Uh, he was always, uh, when I said I came from go karts, he was always big in the go karting community. Uh, good friends with Nick Letson, who I said I was going to Nashville with. Uh, really, really good guy. He used to be able to shoot like nickels out of his belly and like, like aim them like, like wicked shots too. Like it was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, he was always a little bit older, uh, but a lot of the kids always loved hanging around him. He was just a, he was a really cool guy for, um, for a lot of years, just to kind of be around that racetrack. You know, just always a lot of fun. Our next question comes to us from Kyle Byrne. Couldn't pull the old man, Frank Davey back when he got ahead of you. Why? I don't, I don't remember that. I, I like, I remember like Frank Davy beat me a lot of times, but like Frank Davy was also a badass for like, I think in 19 years at one point of his career, he got second and first and that was it in championships. So if I couldn't oh, wow. pull him back, it's because he's really, really good. And that's why. All right. That's <laughs> Travis Burton. If you had the chance to race your grandpa, how much would that mean to you? And would you give him the bump and run for the win? Oh, I, yeah, no, I, I destroy him. For <laughs> sure. I destroy him and I shit talk him out because he'd do the same to me. Justin Collison asks Are you looking forward to running a year against your pals, JC and Chad, for the first time for, for the first time for a full season? I am, but we've been go karting, uh, like just like at rental go karts. And it gets pretty heated if uh, one of us has a little bit of a malfunction. So, uh, you know, I'm excited. It's going to be a fun year running with the boys. Uh, good fun season. You know, a few wobbly pops after the races, I'm sure, but I just hope we can always keep it on the racetrack, which I'm sure we can meet. Like the three of us are actually uh, working together tomorrow. So, uh, you know, I'm sure if we can survive a day of work together, we can survive a day at the racetrack racing. For sure. Our next question comes to us from Nicole Stewart. And what's your favorite track to run at and your top five drivers to watch in any local class? Ooh, uh, favorite track would either be delaware oh you still got me yep okay sick okay delaware or peterborough uh because they are really weird but fast and delaware corner one and two you gotta hit it so slow and patient and like completely how you don't want to hit it and that's the only fast way to do it. and then three and four you just you send it and it works out and uh peterborough always had it's always such a fun racetrack uh top drivers to watch if you're looking for entertainment uh jordan house Matt Bentley and Ricky Walt. Those guys are menaces behind the wheel and they will put on entertaining and they are fast. You're normally going to see them racing for up front uh, and they have unreal skill. Uh, and then other people just to, uh, that are good drivers, Trayton Lapsovich and Cam Rath and Brandon Walton. Oh, and also uh, Kyle Steckler. Yeah, yeah, that kid will be that kid will be a weapon, like in a good way. Oh. Like wheelman. Could you, could you imagine Trayton and him both on the same Pinty's team? Man, it just sucks because they're so much younger and <laughs> so much more admirable than I am. <laughs> What's funny is we're supposed to have Kyle Steckley next week on the show. So tell my show that I'm out really good. So if you ever need somebody to like, you know, help him out, like, or if he needs like a fill-in driver, like, no, bro, hit me up. <laughs> I'll make sure I tell him that. Who knows? He'll probably listen to this episode anyways. Maybe. Uh, our last question comes to us from Brad Laval. He goes, how did you like ending up on your roof inside twice at autumn colors in the super stock? 
well, Brad, uh, the first time I did not like it. And the second time I really didn't like it. So what happened was I was, uh, was in practice. My right rear trailing arm broke in practice coming off corner two at Peterborough. And uh, when it broke, my rear end came back, drive shaft slipped out of my transmission, sent me into the wall and flipped me like a pancake. But we were able to fix it up, got through uh, the heat race, uh, you know, just kind of put it around, won the heat race the next day after flipping the car. And then on the Sunday was a big feature. Started about uh, 24th, got up inside the top 10 and was in the wrong place at the right time. And uh, yeah, she, uh, she sent the wall pretty hard. Uh, funny thing is we were doing a drunk track walk with Brandon McFerrin the night before. He was like, oh, you flip. Now you got to take out this headlight, like this stop sign or not stop sign, but like this traffic light. The lights they use at Peter Bro to say that there's caution. And I nailed that exact light. Like oh, I sent it into the fans. JP wouldn't even let me bring it home for, uh, for like Memorial or anything. <laughs> Whatever. I did not like it, Brad. It was not fun. <laughs> Well, that was the end of our uh, fan question period. I think that's probably our, one of our longest ones we've had. We want, of course, we want to thank all our uh, get fans for uh, submitting questions and make sure you guys tune in next Sunday to find out. Uh, obviously, we just announced who our next week's guest is. So get those questions ready for around noon next Sunday as we drop uh, and get ready for our next uh, for our next guest. Yeah, ask Kyle Steckley if he'd ever let Lane's auto drive one of his race cars. Cool. <laughs> I'll make sure I put that in my notes for next okay. weekend. No, get the fans to do it. That'd be that. I'm just gonna go in as like, yeah, whatever. Hey, there you. Hey, put put one. Put it in next week. Figure it out, right? But anyways, I do appreciate you having me on the show. Like I said last time, man. Anytime, whenever you guys do this for us, uh, local race car drivers, you guys make us feel like we're we're you know cooler than we actually are. You know, and it gives us a chance to shout out our sponsors and thank all the people that do get to support us and tell some funny stories. So, so I do appreciate you having me on the show, and I appreciate you just doing the show all together. No problem. Hey man, you know, I can't do this show without all you drivers who come on. Cause that, that's who makes this show. It ain't me. It's y'all, you yeah. know, the, the support I get from you guys from, for doing this stuff is, 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 is amazing. It's just, it's just second for me now. It's just, you know, getting to talk to guys like yourself. I honestly, two years ago, if you're like, Hey, would you talk to this guy? I'd be like, no, 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 not going to happen. You know, and here, you know, I got you on here. I got Kyle Steckley. Uh, I had Paul Pepper last week. You know, all the guys I get to talk to, it, it, it's, it's, it's awesome. Paul's funny. Oh, yeah. He was great to talk to last week. I always I always thought he had the nicest looking superstar. So, Paul, if you're listening to this, congrats, man. I think you got the nicest looking superstar. It is one of the – he always brings fire paint schemes to the track each year. Him and Ryan Dyson, actually. Oh, yeah. Dyson's uh, superstar this year looks good. I'm going to – actually, I got to invite him on the show. Yeah, he'd be a good talker. So, Ryan, Ryan, if you're listening, TikTok videos. Oh yeah, he does. I'm I'm still trying to figure out how to make content. Yeah, no. <laughs> Anyways, well, I just finished my Caesar, so I got to make one more before I go to bed. I think. And uh, with that, I bid you adieu and have a good night, my man. Awesome. Thank you, man, for jumping by. Thank you for stopping by. Hope you have a good night. Cheers. Bye now. All right, guys. That was driver the number thirty-six Ford Mustang. That was Mister Lane Zardo. We want to thank Lane for jumping on with us this week, and it was a pleasure chatting with him and getting to know him and uh, seeing how his offseason was going and, of course, yeah, hearing about what his plans are for 2022. Um, next week, guys, as you heard in the episode, we will be having the 2021 Flamborough Speedway Pro Late Model Series champion or Pro Late Model champion, uh, track champion down there, Flamborough, 
as well as a EPC Tour Series winner. Uh, we will have Kyle Steckley join us. It's going to be an awesome time talking to Kyle. We're going to see, talk about his plans for 2022, his involvement in racing, and what he sees for the future for himself. Make sure you guys tune back next week for a full episode with Kyle Steckley. As you guys know, same thing with uh, Lane there. We had him back on the Champions episode. Getting excited to uh, chat with him a little bit more. Stay tuned, guys. Uh, make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe, share the crap out of this. Make sure you guys are listening on Anchor, Apple, Spotify. If you guys have app, are listening on Apple Music, leave us a review. We want to hear how we're doing. We want to hear if you guys are liking our show and our content. Make sure you guys, my inbox is always open. If you guys have something you guys would like to say, send me a message. If you guys also have a voice message you guys would like to leave for one of our guests, send it up to us. Send it to us on our anchor.fm backslash true north racing hit the message button and you guys can send us a message and we can play it for our guests if you guys do not want to type in a message other than that guys i have nothing else for y'all this week make sure you guys check out jomo media on facebook instagram and twitter youtube stay tuned this episode will be one of our first episodes being dropped on youtube so stay tuned guys my name is john morrison you guys are listening to the true north a racing podcast brought to you by jomo media promotions see you guys next week bye now (laughs) 